your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everyone and welcome to episode 347 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us once a week to get in on the action. Locker Room is changing the way we talk sports. My name is Laura Saba. I'm one of your hosts and I'm joined as always by Scott Matla who must be extremely excited for Cole Caulfield's debut tonight. Yes, it is finally time. I will be covering the recap for Eyes on the Prize. I will have all your highlights and everything else. Uh, After watching the Canadians, I don't want to say lackluster because they tried, but I guess disappointing effort once again. Uh, I am very excited to see what the Rocket do uh, with Cole Caulfield coming off a game they lost, their first loss in regulation. They're going to come out motivated. They're going to have Cole Caulfield. Jan Meshack might be back in the lineup as well. Just a lot of reasons to be really, really excited about uh, the Rocket game tonight. Before we get excited about that, let us do a quick recap of the Winnipeg Jets game. We don't have to spend too much time on it because it's the same story night in and night out. The Canadians did the exact same thing they always do. They outplayed the opponent and then lost the game. It, It was a frustrating game. Get scored on 18 seconds in score a goal immediately afterwards, give up two goals on really bad turnovers, get one back later on, and then just fail to capitalize when they were the most dominant again. They had a really strong second period showing, like they did against Toronto, and really only got one goal to show for it, and it came off a freak bounce behind the net where Connor Hellebuck overplayed a puck off the stanchion and was caught in no man's land. The team is struggling. Corey Perry is leading the forwards in ice time. They, they've got to... They've, Something's got to click into place here. Like, I don't think they played badly across the board. I just think that something is something's missing and you can't go into a game like that and play as well as they did against the Jets and only get two goals to show for it. I know Connor Hellebuck's a good goalie, but something just isn't meshing. Something isn't vibing all the the whole thing feels off like something just isn't clicked into place yet. It's like almost there. And you're just kind of waiting for it to turn over and start rolling. And I think that's where we're at right now. So we took a look at the underlying numbers in our locker room. So we had our locker room immediately after the game tonight. And next week we are aiming for Wednesday after the Flames game. So we can recap, you know, that Toronto Maple Leafs game, that Flames game, as well as anything that happens during the deadline. We'll do all of that in our locker room and we want to hear from you guys. But tonight, while we were talking, I looked up the underlying numbers and the Canadians were really only bad in the third period. They were better than the Winnipeg Jets for the bulk of the game. That makes a lot of sense because they are coming off a back-to-back and it is the third period and they were already down. They couldn't get anything together. At that point, they were skating in mud. So I have a, a, a question that I brought up on Twitter. Why didn't they take advantage of the taxi squad and why didn't they start a different goalie? Because Jake Allen, poor guy, I mean, he played pretty well for most of the game, but he was really down on himself in the post-game comments because he allowed those goals in the first period. And I understand why, you know, he said, you know, like, I I feel like I found my game or something along those lines. I I got back to my game where I found my game where I played a better game or whatever, except I let everybody down in the first period. 
And I felt bad, but also that kind of makes sense. Like very, it's very rare that 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 a team and an NHL team plays the same goalie in a back-to-back situation. The, the Canadians themselves have done it with Carey Price so many times, but that's because they had no options. And in this case, I feel like they did have an option because, as we said on our previous two episodes, it shouldn't matter who's starting in goal if the Canadians do their job properly in front of the goalie. And in this case unfortunately like in in the first period if you want to say that jake allen let them down which i don't necessarily it's too simple it's oversimplifying the issue uh i just i i think that you know you should have started a different goaltender and you should have taken advantage of a taxi squad and 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 i'm saying this bearing in mind that Corey perry who's one of the oldest players on this team who you know who's very slow right now is still one of the best forwards and that's that's very troubling to me you know like that that the fact that the Canadians are managing their roster incorrectly or not to the not to the best of their ability. I don't know. I, I don't know how to phrase it, but you know exactly what I mean. It's odd is that they showed a statistic that Jake Allen in career back-to-backs is actually worse in the first game and miles better in the second one. And it does suck that he puts the blame on himself. Yeah, the, the third goal wasn't great, but he settled in and was great once again in net. Like, I find it hard to blame Jake Allen for this game. The, you can't win when the offense scores, you know, two total goals, and that's it, you know? This is a team capable of doing better, and I said in our locker room that I expect more from them, and I'm sure they do too. And, of course, everyone's going to put it on Allen. He's the one who let in the goals because when you're the goalie, you always get blamed, but I'm actually surprised they didn't go to Caden Primo in this game when they were mentioning that also, yeah, maybe he'll start on Saturday. It's like, why wouldn't you put him in tonight? It's not like he was struggling in the AHL. He's 11, three and zero with a nine 11 save percentage. He's, he's capable at the NHL level, you know, and then have Jake Allen rested for Saturday against the Jets and make it another winnable game. I don't know if Caden Primo would have made, you know, a difference and gotten them to win, but it couldn't hurt, right? Like, why would you not put in, like, fresh Michael Froelich or someone in this game? Do something to help just give yourself a little bit of an advantage where you can. Fresh legs are one of those things that we make a difference in back-to-backs with how tight their schedule is. You got to utilize it some way, shape, or form. You got to utilize it. You got to look at all the comments about Jake Evans having a great game. And, and Jared Book pointed out he's the most rested forward tonight. He's the most rested player tonight. That's something that you kind of have to look at. Yes, he is also a younger player than a lot of these guys. But at the same time, you know, you've got a taxi squad for a reason. It's it's not available to you in a regular season, right? Like because of COVID, they've got this advantage that they can use. Why aren't they using it is my question. And so in a back-to-back situation, and you've got a lot more of these coming up, eh? I'm pretty sure every single week left, they've got four games in. So that's something that they need to work on. And they need to work on their roster management. They need to work on their deployment. And I think, you know, at this point, you shouldn't be this far into the season doing the same thing over and over again, especially when you've had a coaching change. And there are a bunch of people pointing at, pointing out the night of the Leafs game. So on at this point, it's Wednesday night, how the roster, the, the results under Ducharme are pretty similar to the results under Claude Julien. And something's got to change. Like you, you brought in a new coach, a new old co- a new existing coach. I don't know what else to call it. You brought in somebody new for a reason. You said you needed a new voice and now it's time for them to do new things. And I think that's all I really want to say about this game. I, I don't think that I have very much to add. In the meantime, I think I think it's time to move on to more fun things. Fun. Fun is good. 
Fun is very good. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. So is Major League Baseball. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code locked on. That's betonline.ag, or you can use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use our promo code locked on. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Watch our live trade deadline show Monday, April 12th at noon Eastern at Locked On Live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and the Odyssey app. It's the only place to get in-the-moment reactions and analysis to the biggest NHL deadline moves from local experts covering their teams. Follow Locked On Live today to watch the Locked On NHL live trade deadline show. All right, Scott, what have we got in the mailbag today? Well, we have a lot of questions is what we have, and I'm just going to jump right into this from Jeff the Red. Why can't we have nice things? We are cursed. We've done something at some point as a collective fan base for which we deserve years of misery. That's the only explanation I have. Uh, And Jeff follows that up with, what do you think the chances are of Gallagher returning earlier than expected uh, from his recovery time for his fractured thumb. Well, he's going to want to return earlier than expected. But I think at this point, if the Canadians aren't tragically losing and in danger of not making the playoffs, I don't think they rush him back until the actual playoffs. Arrested Brendan Gallagher can make a lot of noise in the playoffs. And also for me, like a fractured thumb isn't like a pulled muscle or a strain or something like it is a it's a broken bone. You can't rush healing on that unless you're Wolverine. So or Max Pacioretty. Yeah, exactly. This one comes from Simone Jansen, fifteen. Who are they going to get for three point seven five million and some pucks? I assume he means at the deadline. Yeah, they're not going to get anybody for that. They're going to have to give some stuff up and, and shed some salary. If it's Mark Bergevin. Who knows at this point? <laughs> um. One more, or another one from Jeff the Red. If the current forward lines stay as they are, where do you see Cole Caulfield fitting in best? That's a really tough one because I want to see him playing alongside Nick Suzuki, but that line seems to be doing well enough. And I I don't think that you want to break up whoever Nick Suzuki is finding chemistry with. I think he can find chemistry with anybody. I think you kind of have to look to putting Cole Caulfield maybe on the stall line. The options are limitless for what they could do with Cole Caulfield, which I think is definitely the best part of this. So, and then one more from Jeff. How do you feel about the prospect of a first round matchup with the Maple Leafs based on how the games have gone so far? Well, I'm not very confident because you're saying based on how the games have gone so far. Toronto has a way of shooting themselves in the foot in the playoffs, and they don't have as much depth as we think, even though they are much improved this year. I don't want to discount that in terms of their depth, unless they do something about their goaltending. And now everybody's going to be like, Jack Campbell has 10 undefeated whatever starts. Listen, that happens. That's a streak. It's a hot streak. No goalie stays that way for that long. And Teams will step it up in the playoffs. Coaches will step it up in the playoffs. I firmly believe that Toronto is not as dangerous as people think. 
But based on the way the Canadians have played them this season, I'm absolutely terrified. I want that matchup avoided at all costs. I think the Canadians need to do whatever they possibly can to overtake the two teams ahead of them. Not not necessarily both, at least just one, because Toronto will not be caught. Uh, and just in my opinion, they need to avoid that first round matchup with Toronto and have somebody else give them fits and, and the Canadians can hopefully get out of that first round. Uh, and to follow up that, this one comes from T Davy one, which of the three playoff bound Canadian side would you prefer to meet in the first round? He says he'd like to see the Leafs so we can watch them melt down as they remain. a can't get past the first round team. Well, obviously that's the dream scenario, right? Like I think that I could get, I could get past the Canadians losing every game against Toronto from now on. That would make them having lost, having been completely swept by the Leafs, right? Like, I'm not mistaken. They haven't beat the Leafs yet this season. Uh, they beat them once. Uh, they It was the one where they came back from down a goal and basically shut out Toronto in the second half. But uh, so far this year, Toronto has had Montreal's number just based on pure skill alone in winning games. It The playoffs are a different beast. And I, honestly, my pick for this is I'd rather play someone like the Oilers, who I think... Um, Toronto has more depth than Edmonton does, and Edmonton has a lot of questions in net and on defense. Toronto a lot less so. If there was a way to make that happen, I think that's what I would rather have. And I think that means Montreal has to move into that, you know, third place spot and hope that the Jets fall or something. But it seems unlikely that's going to happen. Like personally, for me though, I I think that if if they do meet up and if 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 Montreal is the fourth seed if Toronto continues to have their number for the rest of this season and then the Canadians just like beat the crap out of them in the first round obviously that is my ideal scenario as a Canadians fan and as a hockey fan who loves drama as somebody who enjoys the Leafs being bad or losing or being humiliated or being embarrassed all of those things i would relish that but unfortunately, this season, I'm very scared of the fact that the Canadians cannot figure out their defensive coverage and they cannot be consistent with the things they're good at. No two things are going right at the same time and they're unable to make two things go right at the same time consistently. So for me, in my opinion, that's going to cause problems. We have a lot more questions coming from you guys, especially about the trade deadline coming up. And that's going to be in just one moment. But first, remember, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. We both love Built Bar. We swear by Built Bar as an energy boost, as a hiking snack, as a post-workout snack. For me, it even sometimes takes the place of breakfast because it is high in protein, low in sugar, low in calorie. It gives you that boost of energy, but most of all, these bars are delicious. They are nothing like the protein bars you're used to that are grainy, that have that weird soy paste taste. You know the one that I'm talking about? They all kind of have that same weird texture and that weird flavor, no matter what they say they are on the wrapper. Well, I'm here to tell you that Built Bar is exactly what it says it is on the wrapper. So when you order a German chocolate cake uh, Built Bar, it tastes like German chocolate cake. If you order mint brownie, it tastes like this decadent, delicious mint chocolatey dessert. All of their bars are delicious, and they also have nut-free options. And if you want to try any of these bars, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 
to get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, we are in the final segment of our mailbag, which tends to get off the rails, but I believe we have a few hockey questions to start with first. Oh, we absolutely do. Uh, from Randy Hansen, I feel Drouin is skillful, not willful as a player. He is not alone in that regard on the Habs, but is the most noticeable. Is it finally time to demote him? His effort on the third goal last night was horrible. I have a lot of patience for Jonathan Drouin this year. I do. I think he's had a phenomenal year. Uh, I think people just kind of, it's its kind of like a Jeff Petrie two years ago situation where he can do a hundred good things. And then as soon as he does one bad thing, he automatically is considered a hundred percent bad. And for me personally, in the last couple of games, I've noticed some lapses in his judgment. Uh, but I do think that the effort is there. I think he is willful. I think it's just that we've, we we're kind of biased based on, on his history. And we also have that, that, that glaring sort of like he's only scored two goals or whatever it is. Like we, we have that opinion of Jonathan Drouin and that's kind of stuck with us. So every time we're watching him on the ice, we're watching him through that lens. But for, per, for me personally, I think Jonathan Drouin is thriving, especially this year, especially under Dominique Ducharme. I think the mistakes that he's making are mistakes, but I'm far more worried about other players and other people who need to be demoted than I would be about Jonathan Duran. Uh, I agree with all of that. I think he's just a lightning rod for criticism because of the trade surrounding him and the contract and everything else, to be quite honest. Also from Randy Hansen, if Caulfield is not ready for NHL action this season, how would you feel about it? I would feel perfectly fine. In my mind, it's more important for them to get his development right than it is to rush him because the Canadians might need him for a potential one or two round playoff run. I don't think that uh, I don't think that it's going to be the end of the world if he is not making the NHL team this year. I don't think they'll let that happen. I feel like that th- they will probably play him particularly in the playoffs, but I just I wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah, I it wouldn't surprise me if he's not. I think he mu- he will be. Uh, if he's not, it is what it is. He'll be ready next year and compete for a spot. Simple as that. Who desperately needs to be traded by Tuesday's deadline from the Habs? I think they need to trade Shea Weber. Nobody yell at me. The only reason I think that <laughs> is because I think they need to stop using him so much. And they can't help themselves. They keep using him too much. So we need to take Shea Weber away from them so they can't play him as much. If they play them like, you know, 15 minutes max or a game, I would be perfectly happy with that, but I am not happy with the amount that he is playing right now and the assignment that he has. And this is not me using Shea Weber as a whipping boy and unfairly criticizing him because, again, my problem has always been they're using him too much for his age and they're playing the wrong people with him. So that's the only reason I would want him traded. Not even like his cap hit or anything like that. I just I think that they can't help themselves and they need to they they need to have their toys taken away from them. Uh, my thought is trade Michael for a league so he can actually play hockey this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, from goalie droid, what do you think would be the most advantageous defensive pairings? So the the thing is that Brett Kulak is thriving alongside Jeff Petrie. Joel Edmondson is having a phenomenal year alongside Jeff Petrie. 
I think anybody that you put next to Jeff Petrie would be okay. I think the question is, who's the best person to play with Shea Weber? On the current roster, the available options, the best person to play with Shea Weber is Victor Mete. So you have to move Victor Mete up. And then you look at the way that Kulak played with Romanov. And you're like, all right, you know what? That worked. That was fine. That was surprisingly okay. So let's do that instead. Yeah, I, I look at it as that you put Edmondson and Petrie back together just because it mitigates the most potential damage. Romanov, Kulak, and then Weber, Mete, like you said. It's the simplest option. Uh, and then you try and figure out what to do with Ben Chirot when he gets back or something like that. But it's <laughs> it's not easy when you've tied yourself to big money players that you can't scratch right now. Uh, we have a three-part question from Cole. If you could pick any two players to swap out from our current squad for players in the past, who would you swap? Personally, I'd swap swap Shea Weber for Sheldon Sure and Yol Armia for Alexei Kovalev. I feel like that's kind of a lopsided trade if you're, if you're trading Yol Armia for Alexei Kovalev. But I get it because you don't want to remove any of these other forwards that they have right now. You want to keep your Jonathan Drewens, your Tyler Toffoli's, your uh, Josh Anderson's. I totally get that. So I'm down. Uh, as far as Sheldon Sure, it's been so long that I truly don't remember. But if I were going to move Shea Weber, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick uh, pick uh, Sheldon Sure. I'd bring back Markov. Absolutely. Hands down. 110%. It'd be like uh, Joel Edmondson goes or Ben Chirot goes for Andre Markov. Uh, and then on the wings, um, honestly, I'd bring back Max Patch ready and probably say goodbye to uh, Yol Armia as well, just because that 30 goal scoring touch would be quite nice. Uh, the second part of Cole's question, with $3.75 million now opening our cap with Gallagher on LTIR, can we expect Bergevin to do something absolutely bananas? Only if he can move up more salary. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is someone else has to move, I think, for anything of note to happen for the Canadians. And then one final part, uh, do we search for the stay-at-home puck-moving defenseman, or do we shoot for the stars and go for line A that Scott was mentioning on the last show? We do not need any more stay-at-home puck, uh, stay-at-home defensemen on, on this team. There are no more, like, we don't need that. No defensive, no stay-at-home, no nothing. We need mobile puck-moving defensemen. That we do. That we try to trade for. But I think Patrick Liney is, is, is one of those once-in-a-lifetime players who's being misused. And I think that his value is probably the lowest it's going to be right now. Uh, and if Columbus is willing to trade him, that's who you shoot for. Yeah, absolutely. Reach reach for the stars, honestly. Um, from Clint Curmudgeon AF, have you heard the good news about our Lord and Savior, Corey Perry? Why are people so mean to me? Is it because I was mean to you, Scott? I had nothing to do with this, by the way. So, like, <laughs> I, I want to make that very noted. Uh, and if you don't like this question uh, from T. Davey, would you rather go out for drinks and dinner with Corey Perry? You have to be nice to him and say nice things about him or give up chocolate for a year. Is setting myself on fire an option? One. Wow. We're just straight up copying me now. This is absolutely <laughs> nonsense. I, I can't believe this. Honestly, uh. It, it's tough because I do love chocolate, but it's not like the first thing I'm reaching for with dessert. And it's also like, okay, Corey Perry, we're going to go have a nice steak dinner. Please tell me about all the nonsense that you've caused in your playing days. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like there's a lot to hear from with that. You know, same thing with, like, Brendan Gallagher when he retires in the 
in the far off future there. And that's kind of the same. Honestly, I could never give up chocolate because for me, it doesn't count as dessert if it doesn't include chocolate. Like I could give up every other kind of like delicious desserty, like de- like cheesecake, you know, anything, like anything that's like, you know, you consider dessert, even like the most expensive or whatever, but like good chocolate, I could not give that up. I don't think I could go a day without it. Like I have like, this is again, one of those like get, get to know you kind of things. Like I have like these little squares of dark and milk chocolate from this company called Boreal. And it's like these tiny little squares and I can't go a day without having one because like for me, a day is not complete without a little bit of chocolate. Uh, and we have uh, an email question from Stephen Fry. Since you guys are foodies like me, here's some food questions for you. Food from a sugar shack or food from a Cora? Oh, a sugar shack, hands down. I don't know what a Cora is. It's for... a breakfast place. Okay, well, I was going to say, like, I don't know what that is in the U.S., but I've been to a sugar shack when I was in Quebec City, and 10 out of 10 would would definitely go again immediately. Also, favorite meat for fondue, and you can't say beef, chicken, or shrimp. For example, I went to get meat for a fondue dinner one time over at their, their at a grocery store, and they had kangaroo. It's always interesting eating in other countries because you realize how much you've been missing out on in life. So, Laura, if you had to pick a strange fondue meat, what would it be? I've always wanted to try camel meat. So just to be clear, I've only ever had, uh, like he said, like we can't say beef, chicken or shrimp. I've only ever had beef, chicken or shrimp uh, for fondue. I've heard that elk meat is really good. I've heard that camel meat is delicious, but I hear it's very fatty. So don't know if I would love that. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, for me, it comes down to two things. It's gator or bison. Ooh, uh, those are both good options. I've never had them for fondue, but I've had alligator once and I've had, I've had bison. So yes, I, I'm going to steal Scott's answer. <laughs> crocodile tastes like chicken or gator tastes like chicken from everything I've been told. So I'm like, okay, why not? I, it's on my list of things I want to try dearly once this thing kind of gets put in the bag and everyone's vaccinated and it's safe to travel i want to go to florida and eat alligator bites uh, apparently they deep fry them some places and that sounds like something i need in my life right now it's so. so good it's so good and that wraps up everything that we had for mailbag questions this week wow that was quick thank you guys for all your questions don't forget to join us next week you can listen to this podcast by following this podcast wherever you get your podcast you can find us on twitter at lo underscore canadians you can email us at lockdowncanadians at gmail.com you can find us on both twitter and uh on, on locker room with our username scott is at scott matla i am at the active stick thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you next week